Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Day number four of the unnumbered best of Garage Logic podcast shows that we're putting together. It's the Rook, and I thank you for uh, downloading the podcast each and every day. We're brought to you by Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores for all of your outdoor needs and your indoor. You might need some uh, light bulbs. You might need some wall plates, etc. Get them all at Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Stores. Also, we're brought to you by Aquaside, the fine folks at Aquaside can allow you to enjoy your summer on a weed-free beach. Check out Aquaside. Aquaside Pellets sponsor the Garage Logic podcast. For this short first segment, we're going to head back to March. It was a positive Thursday again that day. Uh, Senator Warren had just dropped out of the race, and they were still debating the best beers ever. And a fun email came in, and then Joe um, Joe had some things to say. And then later on, it's going to be a lighter. We're going to do a lighter couple of shows here the last uh, Thursday and the Friday podcast. Today is July 9th, and that's the podcast you're listening to. So let's just uh, let's just jump right into it and start her up. And now, from the mayor's office above the boathouse on the east shore of Spoon Lake, it's Garage Logic with Rookie on Production. Chris Reavers, director of social media, John Hyde in the newsroom, and occasionally Kenny from the Krabby Coffee Shop. Here is your flashlight king, fireworks commissioner, and keeper of common sense, your mayor, Joe Souchere. Say, uh, uh, David... From Alexandria, one of the guy. Yeah. He writes, I've been enjoying the best beer I ever had stories. For me, it's hard to narrow down, but I like the simple pleasure of enjoying a beer while umpiring an inning during one of my drinking team softball games. <laughs> it was always my favorite kind of beer, free, courtesy of a teammate who had fouled out or hit into a double play. I think we kept some guys in the team just because they were steady providers. The beer I will always remember, however, is the best beer I never had. My first summer job was cutting and splitting wood for a firewood dealer when I was 15. We worked hard from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m., six days a week. The only break we took was when when we cooked up some wild game for lunch, or as I called it, critter of the day. It was tough work. I would wear out both sides of a pair of leather gloves each week. It was the best job I ever had. The beer comes into the story when my boss's brother-in-law came out to see the work site while visiting from the West Coast. 
While my boss and I worked and sweated our tails off in the hot July sun, this guy sat in the shade and videotaped us while he sipped on an ice-cold beer. (laughs) My boss was as tough as they come, a man of few words, but he said it all when he leaned over to me and said, he really knows how to hurt a guy, doesn't he? (laughs) Even though I had yet to savor my first beer, I instinctively knew what I was missing. And this one says, this is from uh, Lloyd, Hail the Flashlight King. Hail you. I don't know if this was the best beer ever, but it ranks right up there. Sitting at the Infinity Pool in Puerto Vallarta in February with my lovely wife, listening to the latest episode of Garage Logic. (laughs) This was a Corona and not the kind that makes you ill like some dumb, dumb snake. (laughs) You'll notice the mug is fogged up from how cold the beer was in the 80-degree warmth. Life doesn't get much better than escaping February in Minnesota, having a cold one at the pool with my wife while listening to my favorite podcast. The only thing I was missing was a grilled brat from the Grund. Keep up the great show, guys, and keep pushing back. Lloyd from Circle Pines. Beautiful. We got one uh, via Twitter. I'm glad you brought this up from our guy, uh, the Poet Laureate, Matt Otto. Yeah. Oh. He said, uh, how about this one for a beer? Rookies. Our show just got canceled from the radio while I was having a garage sale beer. That was pretty good. You want six? You want thirty seconds of it? I'll take thirty seconds. I think he had that. more than one. Though. <laughs> oh boy! I think. Hmm. I'll have to cut this. You know, oh, I missed that. We're gonna play it. Uh-huh. Play it. Leave the bottles. Leave the drop. Drop the bottles. So, do you like basketball? I got some basketballs for sale. What now? Hello? Hello? Rook. I'm trying to sell some old baseballs. From the Little League, baby. These are stop, stop, rookies stop. can play with this ball here. Uh, there, people might not know this. So we, we, we leave the radio in September of 2018. And on the last show on the air, he didn't make it. Because of this pre, was it? No, no, no well, yeah, he's right. Isn't that the day? I thought that was the day we. That was the day we made the we, formal announcement. We were alerted. Well, we made the announcement. That we were told. Yeah, <laughs> we were yeah, alerted. But on that day, uh, he had pre-scheduled a day off. A day off to attend this or conduct this garage sale. <laughs> yes. So when he heard the news, we got a call from him. Okay. Started over, maybe. Well, that's all right. I can pick it up right here. Oh. Well. Hang on. Let me get that one. That's a lull spell a little bit. Like, wow. Hey, cheers again. Hey, hey. You ever see Trading Places with the guy? <laughs> Talk about that. That is busting a lot now. Anytime. You can, you can, you're just, you're just, oh. you can figure, you can mention that now, huh? Yeah. I will call you every day. <laughs> yeah, you, like show. you see the show yet? Yeah. You see the show? I'm How long? The... One hour. <laughs> one hour. <laughs> one hour how long? Is the garage sale going to last? <laughs> oh, you got Monday, Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> Starting September seventh. Hey. Keep going. So, what you know what this does? Huh? This brings nooning to everything must go. Everything must go. <laughs> I, I believe uh, we, I got a text from you, uh, Rook, that reads... We want to sell everything. Hey, those are half off over there. Hey, hey, 
a rookie used to seed his grass with that. That's uh, five dollars. Five bucks. Four. Four. I think I'm going to get down there. I bet I can get some deals, huh? I think you can. I got a bunch of douche rate crap I got to get rid of. <laughs> How many copies of Waterline did you put up for sale? Oh, my God. Nobody will buy that crap. <laughs> the real rookie's coming out now. I think. Whoa. Oh, my God. Hey. Game's going to get you another beer. Get the good ones. None of that light crap. Hey, don't sass. <laughs> my favorite oh, my line word. of the what did you want to know? So now he turns it on. Did you want to know? What did I? Uh, you were wondering about Sportscaster Idol. What happened with that? Well, I think we lost your tape. Uh, that hasn't been announced yet. Yeah, that's at the fair. Oh, it is. So, do we still got a chance? Can we reapply? Is <laughs> <laughs> there a loophole? Oh, God. I have a loophole. Oh, I can't, I can't write this anywhere. note to myself fast enough. I, we got a we got a loophole. Yeah, you, I can come in Saturdays at seven. Yeah. So what or, you're or saying, it, Rook, is, or is it Sunday when you uh, when, when you heard the scramble fire at one all three, you you took advantage. Yeah. Thanks, Gabe. Good. Thanks. Yeah. Keep another one on ice. <laughs> oh. <laughs> that was right. coffee. I'm an airline pilot. So that's Foster Brooks. <laughs> I, I gotta stop now. I'm 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 having trouble. Yeah, me too. <laughs> well, I, I'll I'll check with you so later you to see. What are you doing on the eighth? What? What are you doing on the eighth? <laughs> I don't know. It's a whole new day then, isn't it? You want to go to the beach? <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. GLers keep calling and asking uh, the Grunhoffers people if Reavers has taken all the meatloaf. If Reavers isn't, someone is. The crew at Grunhoffers, prior to the 4th of July, and I'm sure there'll be some left after the 4th of July, made 500 pounds of meatloaf. That's amazing. Spencer sent uh, Chris Reavers a picture of the meatloaf coming out of the smoker. And it was all in stock for the 4th. But the 4th doesn't end your grilling season. Consider the bone-in tomahawk ribeye steaks. These steaks are about 3 pounds each and two and a half inches thick, not to mention the brats, the burgers, the salmon, the jerky, the chicken, the steak. You know the Grill. You know the drill, GLers. It's uh, it's the GLers Palace of Meat, Grunhoffers, old fashioned meats on Highway 61, right at the north end of Hugo. And I'm just reading an email from uh, the chief who said he loves the pit smoke, Q and bacon, cheese curd brats, along with some medium rare New York strips. These, uh, I tell you what, you're going to be grilling outside again all summer long. Get to Grunhoffers old fashioned meats in Hugo. Minnesota business owners have had it rough the past few months. Here in Sioux Falls, we've been doing things differently. I'm Dean Diesick from the Sioux Falls Development Foundation. Check out SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. You'll find that Sioux Falls, South Dakota is open for business, and we have talented people ready to go to work for you. All in a place with short commutes, safe streets, available buildings, fewer taxes, and higher profits. Moody's has reaffirmed South Dakota's AAA credit rating, the highest available, citing the state's stable economic outlook and smart handling of coronavirus impacts. Sioux Falls has the people you need to succeed and the freedom you want to operate your business. 
If you want to be open for business, expand or relocate your company to Sioux Falls. Discover relief from excessive restrictions and costs. It all starts with a visit to SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Discover better business and a better life in Sioux Falls. You can learn more at SiouxFallsDevelopment.com. Picking and strumming. Thanks for that music. We'll take any new music that you have, Randy. Send it over. We're going to continue with uh, day four of the Best of Garage Logic podcast, which again does not get a number for the library and its inventory. It just kind of stands alone here. Uh, we're going to continue on with that same day later on. Joe is discussing the amazement of the internal combustion engine. America, the drive for bigger vehicles is bumping into physical limitations. SUVs and pickups are getting so large that they're struggling to fit into some home and parking garages and public parking spaces. Homeowners need to think twice about purchasing larger vehicles while parking lot operators are starting to charge oversized fees to accommodate big SUVs and trucks. Hmm. SUVs like the Chevy Suburban and Ford Expedition and pickups like Fiat Chrysler's Ram are examples of popular vehicles that have grown in size in recent years, testing parking limitations. When (laughs) Kristen Trevino moved to her new home in the Dallas area recently, she ran into a problem. Her 2016 Ford F-150 did not fit in the garage. Undeterred, she bought the 2019 model. That one also didn't fit. It's too tall and too long, she said. Now she keeps it parked in the driveway. Uh, I I find a tremendous disconnect in this story. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's, the, there's something missing in this yeah, story, the, uh, <laughs> and I looked for it. <laughs> the sedan, the 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 sedan is fading from the car landscape. It is, and people are. Uh, Joe, just this week they announced no more uh, no more Impala, right? Chevy yeah. Impala, yeah. Uh, Pontiac's gone. Uh, yep. Oldsmobile's gone. Yep. The uh, and. Consumers are favoring, in ever-increasing numbers, SUVs and trucks. This flies in the face of the hectoring crowd who warn us that the end is near. Which What, what does that tell us? That the American public uh, is tuned out to the, uh, to the hectoring mob, which I find, which I find comforting. Uh, although I don't find it comforting if I couldn't get the damn thing in the garage. <laughs> Uh, I was curious about why she bought a second one. Wouldn't at that point, wouldn't you have measured at least to see? John, well, yesterday we had, a woman, we had a woman watering a plastic plant. Uh, no, she didn't buy one because she's stupid. She bought one because it was worth it, and she didn't care. Okay. Nowadays, what? people buying Dodge Rams, Ford pickups that don't fit, and they'll park them outside. The difference here is that an electrical vehicle, you need to plug it in. It's not going to spend 50, 60, 70, 80 grand on a vehicle and then have to run some extension cord outside the garage or an outside outlet. Parking any vehicle in a driveway or on the street exposes it to potential damage from weather, vandalism, or theft. What's the biggest? Uh, what's the biggest threat to the uh, to the finish of a car? Uh, rain? Nope. Tree sap? Nope. Sun? The sun. Mm, the sun. sun. Look mm. at the headlights on that yeah, I tin know. can you're driving. <laughs> uh, and the trucks are getting bigger. Uh, Tesla apparently is making that big cyber truck. That won't fit in the garage, apparently. 
even the biggest SUVs and pickups can technically technically squeeze in. Many homeowners pack shelving tools and other items into their garages to reduce the amount of space to store their vehicles. Uh, if you look at a Suburban or a Ford Expedition, they're huge, and I'm not so sure they would fit. I even looked at one of those once, and I'm not so sure. I don't even know who I'm quoting. Uh, I didn't know. Uh, I don't. I didn't know about the uh, parking lots charging additional fees for large uh, for large vehicles. Which is ludicrous. Yeah. Give me a break. Yeah. Uh, but I just find this fascinating that the the market is providing ever more SUVs and trucks, and th- this at a time when uh, the political class is railing against such things. Right. We need electric vehicles. The, the, right. the truth of the matter is uh, uh, the engine in a brand-new Ford or Chevy right now or a Chrysler product uh, is far more efficient than your 1998 Toyota Camry. Yep. And uh, Kenny and I were talking off here. Uh, we both believe that if you're going to pour your research into something, continue to pour it into the continued improvement of the internal combustion they, engine. They spend millions on researching and developing electric vehicles to no avail because the cost of these vehicles makes them prohibitive. Therefore, therefore all they do is lose money. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, technology is... is uh, we're at the point now, technologically speaking, where these gas engines... Um, fossil fuel engines are getting better every year, more efficient, and it, it it's better. It, it helps their bottom dollar. Such Chevy made the best electric vehicle out there, and it's gone. Right. They pulled it. The Volt, right? They they pulled it. It costs too much to make. While larger vehicles may pose some inconveniences, Americans don't seem too bothered by it, at least if the vehicles being introduced by automakers are any indication. In fact, several recent announcements suggest vehicles are likely to continue getting bigger. General Motors announced that it will re- that will it will revive the Mammoth Hummer as an electric pickup truck under the GMC brand. Ford is also poised to show off a redesigned F-150 later this year, and it's likely to be bigger than the previous generation. George Augustatus, director of automotive industry and economic analysis, speculated that Ford may even consider bringing back the Excursion nameplate as the biggest SUV in its lineup, despite the fact that the Expedition has grown significantly in recent years. Everything's getting bigger, he said. We never quite know where the end is going to be. People buy what they want to use, whatever their personal reasons are, however it fits in their life, they've decided it's worth it to them. That's not critical, it's just a fact. This is a long, long USA Today story, and the ray of hope for Positive Thursday is that never once has climate change been named in this story. Oh, good point. But that's that's the disconnect that I struggle with. Uh, I I personally don't mind uh, what whatever anybody drives because uh, I'm not worried about climate change because the climate has always changed and always will. Uh, what I wish more and more euphorians would would learn and understand and appreciate is the miracle that results from a gallon of gasoline. A miracle. It truly is. A it, miracle. It truly is. I well, While you were talking there, I had to rush to my desk because I, unfortunately, I threw it away. I had been sitting on this article about the Hummer and the electric Hummer for a couple of months because it was so fascinating. The cost on this thing, and they haven't named the cost yet, is just going to be outrageous. And the torque and the speed 
and the zero to 60 speed on one of these giant heavy Hummers, I don't think that consumers are ready or should be able to drive one of these things. You're driving what amounts to a train with unlimited acceleration. Yeah, but who can afford it? Arnold Schwarzenegger. Right. Right. It's going to be a six-figure vehicle. Not only that, but it's going to be super dangerous. I mean, can you imagine going from zero to 60 in four seconds in a, in a Hummer? In a vehicle that big? Yeah. Oh, that's terrible. That, 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 well, it'd be that's fun. Terrible. <laughs> it'd be fun, but I don't think that's something that needs to be in the hands of consumers. It's no. just too big. Well, I don't, I'm all for the consumer buying whatever the consumer needs, but I just, I'm just terribly intrigued that despite... Despite the finger wagging we all suffer from every day, the American consumer is paying no attention to it. Yep. And the manufacturers are listening to the consumer. They're not listening to the finger waggers. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think it's fantastic. Yep. I, I, uh, well, I ironically, I'm a small car fan. <laughs> well, there's nothing except for winter. Well, there's nothing wrong with that, and that's no. awesome because yeah. you know that little V, that Volkswagen you had. Oh, I wish I still had it. Oh, I what have, an I awesome have, car! Uh, I have seller's remorse, but I like small and nimble, which is why. Seriously, I've already talked about spells, which is why I like the Golf, the Volkswagens, the Fiats, the Alfa Romeo Giulia is a sedan, but it's a proper proper sedan. It's not that. But it's big. practical for your current lifestyle. I can't get away with driving something like that. Well, I got the, kids to haul the around. CP's got the big grocery hauler for right. kids and stuff. Yeah, I'm not driving that. Thing. And Sush, let's face it, <laughs> if I load up my electric uh, truck and I've got a four-place snowmobile trailer on back and I leave I leave here at 2 in the morning, destination Montana, uh, that ain't going to work. <laughs> right. It just ain't going to work. Right, it's right. going to take me three days. Right. No, I'm all, uh, I, I think it's fascinating. I think it's fascinating. I think it's a ray of hope on a Thursday that... Uh, Despite these uh, admonishments that we all have to endure every day from the political class uh, and the Greens and the hysterians, that uh, that the American, the typical American, is not paying any attention to it at all. No. <laughs> I think you're also seeing that in primary election results. And, and that I the think... typical American is not paying any attention. To uh, the repulsive likes of Bernie Sanders, who's trying to turn the country we're into a nation that it was never it, intended to be. We're Absolutely. seeing it in District Five. Yep. Locally, yep. by who they've elected. You you threw me a curveball there. Uh, a lot of no, I know that. They don't pay attention. They're, oh, yeah, the progressive young woman. They're, she's going to get reelected in a landslide. I know, but to, but to keep to keep my theme on the same line, you would have said that someone in District 5 would have been elected who's not Ilhan Omar. No. See, see, but you did, you did the opposite. But the, the fact, opposite. the fact, where's of, the scan bucket? No, yeah, it, no, 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 wait, hold on. No, you, you left the theme. The theme being that the American <laughs> public here. is rejecting uh, the conventional hectoring of the political class. And you said, yeah, look what they did in Congressional District 5. No, no, no. They, they, they didn't ignore the hectoring. They, they elected this Ilhan Omar person. Huh. <laughs> And that's how Trump got elected, and that's how even if Bernie wins the nomination, he doesn't stand a chance because middle America, flyover country, the people who live the furthest away from the world's tallest buildings still call the shots in this country. Well, that's what I think we're discovering with stories like this. Get me a big pickup truck. That's what I need. Hell 
to the yes. Mm-hmm. Right now at Schmelz Countryside, Volkswagen, Alfa Romeo, and Fiat in Maplewood, right there on the southeast quadrant of Highway 61 and 36. Tremendous summer deals on all 2019 and 2020 Volkswagens. 0% for 72 months and 120-day payment deferral on all 2019 and 2020 Volkswagens, including the new flagship, the Atlas Crossport by Volkswagen. Uh, a tremendous, tremendous vehicle. I read the review of it by the world's greatest car writer, uh, Dan, Mc, uh, Dan Neal in the uh, Wall Street Journal. But here's what you do. You can make your own personalized sales appointment. Go to their, uh, go to the three websites, SchmelzVW.com, SchmelzAlphaRomeo.com, SchmelzFiat.com. Pick out what you uh, are most interested in. They'll have it waiting and ready for you. Sanitized, of course, and then you can take your test drive. It's a lot of summer left, a lot of great driving left. Also, remember this. There's, uh, 60%, uh, I'm sorry, 0% for 60 months on certified pre-owned vehicles. That's Schmelz Countryside Volkswagen. Alfa Romeo, and Fiat. Hey, we would love it if you could book a tee time with our partners at Siren National Golf Club in Siren, Wisconsin. Our friends Jeff and Sarah, they are the owners and are true diehard fans of Garage Logic. If you're not familiar, Siren National is a beautiful 19-hole championship course. Yes, they have an extra hole. You really have to see the beauty of this course for yourself. Check out a hole-by-hole video tour at their website right now, sirennational.com. They have mature pine and hardwood forest lines that bent grass, fairways, and greens. A lot of great natural features like woods, water, and rock. There are no houses on this course. You are in the North Woods. It's perfect for both veteran and beginner golfers, and it's also very affordable. Jeff and Sarah have priced rounds very fair. They want people to have fun without breaking the bank. Yes, and now, check this out. Through the end of the season, they have a special offer for any law enforcement officers. Just simply show your ID and get a free beverage with your round or $5 off your round of golf. Jeff and Sarah have two sons that are in law enforcement. It's very close to their heart. It's just their way of saying thank you. Book your tea time now at sirennational.com and please help support our fellow GLers and play Siren National. GLers, we're going to switch gears here a little bit and go back to February 20th. A uh, 40th uh, anniversary of the Miracle on Ice, and Rob McClanahan uh, joined us on Garage Logic to chat about that 40th anniversary and about that night, and just uh, what a what a great um, what a great overall thing, event, whatever you want to call it was. So enjoy this, Rob McClanahan, former USA hockey team uh, 1980 uh, member, and he's talking to Suchi Boy about uh, some puck. Dustin over to Ramsey. The Legendon gets checked by Ramsey. McClanahan is there. The puck is still loose. 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow up to show. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! Rob? Yeah. That that clip answers a question for me. I was wondering if yeah. you were on the ice because I couldn't remember. You were on the ice at the end of the game. Yes, I was. But if you re- if you watch it closely enough, nobody wanted the puck. <laughs> <laughs> no one wanted to be the one to screw up. No, I I believe you. You were afraid of Herbie at some point, weren't you? I was more afraid of the Russians. Yep. 
That it, were they the toughest opponent you've ever played? They were by far the best play, team I've ever played against. Absolutely. I should call you coach, Absolutely. by the way. You're coach of the Blake Bears. You're eighteen and three or eighteen and five. Do you play tonight? Nineteen and six. We ended up. We oh, played I'm sorry. Our first section game tonight against Hopkins, and um, so we ended up being the number top seed in our section, six double A. And we play Hopkins tonight, and then uh, the winning team will play on Saturday. What does this weekend mean to you? That game occurred on Friday afternoon, February 22nd, 1980. And I was doing some homework, Rob, and I had I had not realized that ABC Television, which had the broadcast rights, they went to the various authority figures, the Olympic Committee and whatnot, begging them to move that game to primetime, and they would not because they didn't want it to feature any political significance, which was a delusion of of grand proportions because it was a hell of a it had a lot of political implications. Maybe not for you guys, but certainly for the world. Well, we were brought into it a little bit um, just by from all the telegrams that we received during the you know, the 10 days prior to that game. So we, we knew there was an impact of some kind. We just had no idea as to how strong the U.S. was truly behind us, the U.S. being all the, the, the country. Well, Russia had just invaded Afghanistan. Jimmy Carter threatened and succeeded to boycott the 1980 Summer Games in Moscow. Walter Mondale, then vice president, sat behind you guys. Uh, I thought there was a lot of political messaging going on, but that didn't take away from the excitement of what I consider the best sporting event I'll ever see in my life. Well, I can't argue with that, Joe. I, I have to agree with you on that. <laughs> <laughs> what uh, take us through that day leading up to that to that game? It was a four o'clock start Eastern time in Lake Placid? No, I think it was five, but it, it, all right, it, it, it was late. Um, you know, Herbie had, Herbie was very prepared for everything, and so he, he he wasn't any different this game, and and we just went about our business, and and uh, I don't recall if we had a morning skate that day or not. But, um, you know, when you're playing that late, you got to do something during the day. So we, I'm sure we did something uh, to just get our blood flowing. And, and uh, you know, in those days, there wasn't any video that we watched or anything like that. So we got to the rink, we got ready. And, and you know, were we nervous? Hell yeah, we were nervous. But um, we were also prepared. And, you know, it started out reasonably well. And... You know, we didn't get blown out right away like we probably a lot of us were thinking after the two weeks prior game against Soviets in Madison Square Garden. So we also had known that, you know, one thing Herbie had said, they had to come from behind in the pool play. They had to come from behind against the Finns and the Canadian team. Mm -hmm. So they were flat. They weren't playing on all – they weren't running on all cylinders. So there was an opportunity there, and I think – there's no question Herbie sensed that. And as the game progressed, we sensed it. Now, were we all played? I would say yes. But we we took advantage of any and all opportunities that came our way, and things worked out. Did, did Herbie introduce any new thoughts to that game on how you guys should play it? <laughs> he should have he should have told us or shown us how to change our underwear after we went up there. <laughs> but he turned you loose, more or less, is how, is how I remember it. No, he just said, all he said was play your game. He, yeah. he didn't tell us, he didn't handcuff us, put it that way, yeah. right? Yeah. By that point in time, if you don't know what to do or if you, 
you know, you're, you're going to make mistakes. And the, the one thing that Herbie, that Herbie changed on the Olympic team and his tactics from his days at Minnesota when I was there was that he, you touched upon it, he let us go. Mm-hmm. He didn't handcuff us. He didn't tell us, you can't do this or you can't do that. What he did do throughout the entire year is you can do this and you can do that. And he opened the, the, he opened the window of creativity to us. Now, with that said, if you watch that game, I, like I said earlier, we were outplayed for most of the game. Um, but we, the one thing we were, we were in better shape than the, than really? the Soviets. We were in better shape than any team in the tournament. Really? Oh, I, there's no question about it. That's because of the infamous Herbies, probably. Uh, he worked us hard. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, when he picked the team in the in August <clears throat> after the tryouts, two weeks of tryouts, the first practice we had was the next day, and he said, um, you guys are going to improve more in the next six months than you have your entire lives, and here's why. You know, in basketball, you can't score without the ball. In football, you can't score without the ball. In hockey, you can't score without the puck. We're not going to give up the puck. We're not going to dump it, we're going to, and we're not going to go just up and down our lanes. We're going to interchange. We're going to be creative. Mm-hmm. And, oh, by the way, we may not be the best team in the Olympics, but we are going to be the best conditioned team in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. And he didn't lie. Mm-hmm. What's the great story you told me one time about somebody came to you after doing the you were doing the Herbies, and someone came up to you and told you it could have been worse? Remember that? Oh God, Eric Strobel. That wasn't about Herbies, but so I had just gotten my head handed to me by Herbie. Yeah. I don't know if it was after it, was, it had to be during a practice or something. But Herbie had come into the locker room and he came down and he just chewed me a new one, you know, up and down, front and back, and Eric Strobel. Came, came up to me, and he was probably three inches from my face with a big grin on his face. And he just said, you know, Rob, it could have been worse. And he hesitated. And then he grinned even wider, and he said, that could have been me. <laughs> <laughs> so, Joe, you'll appreciate this. I might have told you that story when we were playing golf, because when somebody hits a really bad shot, right. I wait and as we're walking to go try to find it, I tell that story. Right, right. It's exactly what you did. You said, Sush, it could have been worse. It could have been me. <laughs> what was your relationship with Herbie? Not you specifically. Well, yes, you, but the entire team. Did he create a situation where he wanted you guys to be a unit in opposition to him? Is that a fair statement? Uh, I think it's very fair. Uh, Herbie wanted to remove all subjectivity as much as possible in terms of his decisions. So he, you know, there's a scene in the movie where Kurt Russell says, I'm not their friend, I'm their coach. You're, that's your job or something like that. Mm-hmm. He said that to Craig Patrick. That's absolutely true. Herbie did not, he was not my friend. He was not our friend. Now, he may have had a better relationship or a deeper relationship with the guys who had not played for him at Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Um, but without question, the guys that played for him at the U, um, the only relationship we had was player-coach. And, and I'm not saying that's bad. Mm-hmm. It's just that's the way he operated. He he also did not let you guys talk to the press until after the final game in which you won the gold medal. He didn't want anybody getting pulled out and being played as a favorite. You know? okay. um, yeah. Mark Johnson would have been interviewed endlessly, right. to be quite honest. I'm sure Jimmy Craig would have been interviewed. That was Herbie's deal about yeah, – Herbie kind of had a – interesting relationship with the press as you well know joe yep. i mean 
he was combative from the get-go, and he just, I don't know why he chose to do that, um, but as long as we were winning, yeah, I'm sure he wasn't going to change. I'm sure he was as superstitious as a lot of us are. Tell us the story of your injury and his reaction to it. All right, so for the first game against Sweden, uh, first shift of the game, um, in the offensive zone, I was going down to chase after a puck, and I tried to jump up to avoid a check, and I got checked into the boards, and there's a my thigh, I, I had a major contusion in my leg. I mean, it, it was like dropping a piece of ice in a glass of warm water, and that's how it felt. It just You could just feel it going from my knee up to my hip. And so I went in, and I was in the locker room, and I the trainer had said, you're done for the day. If you're lucky, you may be able to play the rest at some point in the tournament. So I had all my gear off, and I'm on my back with my leg bent and an ice pack on it, and all the guys came in and checked me out and asked me how I was doing, and Herbie walked in, and, you know, for those who've seen the movie, it was reasonably accurate, but it was far more intense in real life. Now, I had seen Herbie chew people out in the past. I saw him go after Joe Micheletti at the U when he had a bad knee, and I saw him go after Tommy Vanelli one time in similar fashion, and he was just doing that to, you know, motivate the, the players, I guess. In this case, I was not expecting it, and I was totally surprised, so I jumped up and I literally almost threw a punch at him, and, and he had turned and gone out of the locker room into the hallway, and I followed him out there, and I'm screaming at him, and I'm saying, I'm telling him, you're not going to tell me if I can play. I'll tell you if I can play, and while we're doing this, the Swedish locker room was right down the hall, and this is the first period of the first game of the Olympics. you got the Swedish players looking out, hearing all this noise, and they're going, "It's a, it, the U.S. has already lost their marbles, because mm-hmm. <laughs> we are literally arguing and screaming at each other in the hallway. Well, he was he denying that you were hurt? He, no, he knew I was hurt. Yeah, he was. He did that because. So I've heard him say this. As I said, I've never talked to him about it. He knew we were. Play, he thought we were playing a little nervous, and I, I'm not going to argue with him on that one. He was right, I'm sure, but I didn't see any of the first period, and so he just he tried to change our focus. He tried to get us off of being nervous, and again, basically, the whole team said, "Screw you, Herb." And we came together. Mm-hmm. Really? And then Bakes scored that big goal. He really had a method to his madness when you look back on it. There was nothing that Herbie did that wasn't planned out. Isn't that and something? And I mean nothing. Isn't that something? Well, it wasn't madness so, at all. No, it was brilliant. No, yeah. It was somewhat crazy, but I'm <laughs> telling you, he, he, was, he was the only coach who was prepared to go up 4-3 with 10 minutes left in the game mm-hmm. against the Soviets. Isn't that I'm, something? There is no other coach in my mind that would have been ready for that. Mm-hmm. He didn't Doesn't panic, mean in he other words. Nervous. No. He just dumbed it down. He truly dumbed it down. He didn't say anything. He wasn't getting too, He wasn't critical. He wasn't anything other than play. All he said was play your game. That's all he said. And he repeated it endlessly. And didn't handcuff you. No, not at all. He told me once we already, he, he... We already were doing that well enough on our own. Right. <laughs> he, he told me once he thought the Soviets were handcuffed, that they weren't allowed to become creative, that they stayed in their lanes and they didn't innovate. Well, they didn't that game. No. And things happened that game that, that never happened in the past. Her, her, Joe, they didn't pull their goalie. Oh, that's right. My God, you're right. They didn't, they didn't pull, pull their, their goalie. goalie. Yeah. Were your parents in the room? Were your parents in the building? Yes. 
They were there for the for the Olympic Games. Yep, that had to be a, a, a tremendous thrill. Uh, I would imagine your father closely followed your hockey career. Oh, my parents followed, but you know, I grew up in a family of five, and it was a different era. Mm-hmm. Um, they they didn't push me to play hockey. They pushed us to play a variety of sports and follow what we wanted to. Um, as a matter of fact, when I was younger, as a peewee, traveling teams didn't exist in the metro area, and they were created when I was in fifth grade. So I was able to play peewees, and my dad was so mad because they were asking for money because you have to pay for these tournaments and you travel and all this stuff. And he was a trust officer at First Bank of St. Paul making nothing. Yeah. And he's got to come up with his money to pay for one of his kids to go off and do some stupid traveling team. <laughs> this is in the Moundsview district. Yeah, it was back in those days. It was called Lake Region. Yep, yep. Take us Lake Region Rovers. Take us through the post game of the February twenty second game. We haven't gotten to what I consider the miracle, which was the first gold medal by a U.S. team since nineteen sixty. Uh, which came Sunday, Feb 24. But what was the night of Feb 22 like after you guys won that game? Oh, boy, I don't even remember. Um, I'll say this. I don't remember that Friday night. Uh, I do remember the Saturday, the day after. We did skate. Uh, we didn't have full gear. We had sweats and, and whatnot. But it, um, it was not a long practice, probably an hour, 45 minutes to an hour, but it was probably one of the hardest practices that we had all year long. And and he did that to make sure that we didn't lose our focus. Mm-hmm. That, you know, Yes, we'd done the hard part, but he made sure that we hadn't forgotten what <laughs> we still had some work to do. And then that night, I believe it was Diane Warwick performed uh, in the Olympic Village. Yeah. So that helped kill, that helped kill some time. Yep. You hear players say after Rizzo scored the fourth goal to go ahead with exactly 10 minutes to go that those 10 minutes were the longest 10 minutes of our lives. And and after we beat the Soviets, the 36 hours or so between the Soviet game and the Finland game were the longest 36 hours of our lives. That game couldn't come fast enough. That was also, I think, a late afternoon or afternoon game, Sunday afternoon. Finland was at 11 o'clock Eastern. Is that right? It was a morning game? Yep, and then all you guys later in the Thank day. Goodness. Yeah, later in the day, you came, well, that just decreased the time you had to wait it out, right? That's right. And later that just... later that day, you all went back to the field house, and somehow you all managed to stand on the same podium. Yes, we did that. We were we were flexible back then. Yes, we, yes you were. <laughs> Let's, I want to play. You know, you're the winning goal scorer. For the gold medal, uh, you're the one who put them up three to two, which proved to be the winning goal. We have that right here. I want you to hear that. I'm not sure you've ever heard this before, Rob. <laughs> right. <laughs> Christian there with him. Wells, who has lost his helmet, starts to skate out of his own end. Up ahead to Eric Strobel. Strobel then loses at center ice to Makikolo, taken away there by Baker. Baker in over the blue line, shot in around the board, back of the net. Sarnin losing it there. Johnson with it. Comes back to Christian at the point. Davey getting out in front. Backhands it. Swept aside in front. Johnson to McClanahan. He scores! How quick was that shot? (laughs) Well, I was actually, to be honest, I yelled for the puck from uh, Magic from behind the net. And I had seen Eric Strobel 
out of the corner of my eye on the far side of the net somewhere. But uh, Pele Lindberger, who I believe was the goaltender, had had made a move and opened his between the legs his five hole. Yep. So I just rifled it through his five hole. Oh, simple, yeah. What the hell, Rob? It's, it's Rook. You did uh, Strobel come up to you after the goal and say, "You know that could have been better. That could have been me." <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what. He said. Did it sadden you guys to break up? Yes. You know, so after the Finland game, after we won the gold, before we had, we received our medals, David Silk in the locker room said, "That's it, boys. We're done." Mm-hmm. Wow. And, you know, other teams, you have guys that, yeah, you have kids that have graduated or are graduating or you have professionals who retire or get traded. But most teams in some way, shape, or form come back for another another year. Right. This one was done. I will, we always have said we would love to have played together going forward in some, in some league. Mm-hmm. That would have been fun. And most of you ended up in the NHL. And not uh, together. Not about most. We, we, there are a lot of guys that end up playing pros, not like they do today. But I would argue that that team opened the door for not just the, the Americans going forward, but for all hockey players from all over the world. The, uh, uh, they finally opened the doors and they opened their eyes to realize that there are really good players outside of Canada. Oh, good Lord, yes. Twelve Minnesotans on the team. Uh, was there a rivalry between the Minnesota guys or the western half of the world guys and the east coast guys? Yeah, maybe at first. Yeah. Maybe at first, but but as the year progressed that that was broken down. We still talk about, you know, when when guys start chirping about BU versus Minnesota or Wisconsin or you know, we start telling the guy he's getting regional on us, but um we have a lot of fun with that, but at the end of the day there's there's nothing but true friendships and, and complete and total respect. You guys, for the most part, have stayed in touch at least, right? You see each other oh, occasionally. Yeah. yeah, You'll see each oh, other yeah. this weekend in Las Vegas, correct? We will, yes. Uh, some of the guys are going out tonight. I'm going to go out tomorrow morning. We're going to spend two and a half, three days at various venues and, and um, enjoy. the. You know, we're not going to play hockey, thank goodness. We're going to watch the Vegas Golden Knights play oh, yeah? hockey. And uh, I hear that's quite a show they put on out in Vegas for that NHL team. So yeah, it looks like medieval. We're going to have a good time and enjoy it. Oh, uh, when did it occur to you what this meant to the country? When we went to the White House. Okay. Uh, the day after, uh, we we took Air Force One, and we flew into D.C. and then we took a you know a transportation to the White House to meet President Carter and his wife. And the streets were lined six, seven people deep. We had no idea of that. At least I didn't. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Did Air Force One come to Lake Placid? I think it went to Albany. Albany, sure. Then you guys flew Air Force One from Albany to Washington. Yes. Wow. Yep. Cool. It wasn't a, a 747 in those days, though. Okay. It's well, still kind of nice. That was. I suppose it wasn't bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How'd they get you back? Oh, God. That part I don't remember. <laughs> no, we we flew out of Albany, or not out of Albany, we flew out of Washington. They took care of us. And, we, you know, we went our various ways. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we had another parade here in Minneapolis. Uh, I don't, you know, a couple of days later, actually across the University of Minnesota down uh, Washington Avenue. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and we did that. And it was cold that day. Holy smokes, was that cold? Yeah. But well, son, you you have a lot to be proud of. Yeah. You know what's crazy? We're still milking it. People say you're still milking it after 40 years, but. Uh, <laughs> We say, well, if a U.S. team would win a gold medal, they wouldn't talk about us anymore. <laughs> well, Arizona has made his living out of it, hasn't he? Rizzo's made a living off of it. <laughs> but he, with all due respect, the movies helped resurrect his career, I'll say that, and he will too. But Rizzo does a really nice job. He's very good at his craft. And, it, you know, um, the door was open to him, and he took advantage of it, and he, he earns his, his keep. Yep. Hey, Rob, I have to ask you a question before Joe cuts me off. Uh, the part of Herbie before the Finland game, looking at you guys, because this is my favorite part of the movie, and saying you're going to take it to your bleeping grave. How accurate was that? Well, but that wasn't in the in the movie. See, that's the thing. Oh, that, it wasn't. That, that no, they ended it after the Soviet game. But here's so the hard part had been done. We had a hard practice Saturday. We got to the rink. We'd warmed up. Herbie came into the locker room. Now, Herbie was always prepared. He always had a string of of, of um, comments that he would make. It was not a long speech always, but it was it was pointed. And on this day, he walked in. He had no sheet. He had nothing in his hand. And he paced back and forth and just looked at us. And then he said, if you lose this game, you'll take it to your effing grave. <laughs> Turned, walked to the door turned back and said, you're effing grave. And that's all he said. When did he say you were born to be here? That was again before the Soviet game. Oh, okay. 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 So, and I don't know, I don't remember that speech. Um, no, you were too nervous. Well, I just don't remember. I mean, he, he did, he did say a form of that, I'm sure. But the other part that people don't know or don't realize is after the second period of the Finland game, we were down two to one. Mm-hmm. And so Herbie was too nervous. Craig Patrick tells the story. Herbie was too nervous. He said, I'm not going in there, Patty. You go in there. And so Craig came in and he tried to start talking to us. And he said, Patty, get the hell out of here. <laughs> we, I, we said, we got this. There's no way we're going to lose this game. So, you, you know, you heard me mention earlier that Herbie said we're going to be the best conditioned team in the tournament. Right. In the fir- we got scored on first seven out of the eight games we played. Good Lord. Wow. We outscored on a ratio in the eight games, our opponents probably four to five to one in the third period. Isn't that something? Jeez. And that is the reason that we won the gold medal mm-hmm. is because we were in, that was by far the best condition I've ever been in. Mm-hmm. It wasn't without its pain and paying a price. And, and we would not have been able to be in that shape without somebody who just kicked our tail. Because we would, we wouldn't have done it on our own. There's just no way. Right. But I I now know that. You know, Joe, you asked me earlier. One of the things I learned is that I was capable of far more than I ever realized, and not just in hockey, but in in all aspects of life. But it's not without a price that to pay. And and sacrifices. But if if there's a desire that's strong enough you find that it's worth it. When you look back in the last 40 years and when Herb was still alive, <clears throat> did you ever get together with Herb? I know, well, obviously yeah. you did with the Rangers, but beyond, yeah. beyond that. Yeah, we were starting to break down. So 
you heard me allude to the fact that the guys from Minnesota were, didn't have a real relationship with her. We were finally starting to break that down. When I say we, I'm speaking of the Minnesota guys. Mm-hmm. And, and we were finally starting to break that barrier down, and he was becoming one of the guys, so to speak, and we could actually give him a hard time and laugh about it, mm-hmm. and he would laugh too. And that was literally at the first part of that process when he ended up dying. And um, that's part that I'm, that's one of the reasons I'm truly sad. The other part is I never really did talk to him about um, this, the deal against Sweden and why he chewed me one. Mm-hmm. It's hard to argue with the results. Right. But I would have liked to have at least had a conversation. Right. Did you have any relationship at all post hockey with any of the, uh, anybody on the Russian team? Any guys? Cross paths. Uh, Rizzo has, I know that. And then, you know, Mike Ramsey played with Fatisov in Detroit. Okay. That's right. So they, they were teammates there and they may even been defensive partners, but, um, we would cross paths with Fatisov when we went on a show from time to time, but I didn't have a, a huge relationship with any of those guys. I have to ask you, cause you guys were so tight and you were so emotional when, 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 uh, was it Silk who said, this is it? Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts about PAF? We wish for nothing but the best. Right. Pab's a, 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 I love the guy. He's like a brother. I roomed with him when I was in New York on the road. Um, it's a sad time, but uh, we're working with the powers to be to get him the best help we can get him. Mm-hmm. And hopefully he comes through this. Very good, my man. Good luck tonight. Yeah. Thank you. And then uh, good luck in the next three. You know the sad thing is, Joe. I'm going to miss. We play on Saturday. Assuming we win tonight, we play on Saturday. Oh boy! So my squad's going to have to play without me. Well, see now I can't let you go. <laughs> you are, you are coaching Blake a lot differently, I would imagine, than Herbie coached you. <laughs> yes and no. Okay. Obviously, I'm not skating for three hours doing nothing but Herbie's. Right. <laughs> Uh, but they are in good shape. Um, I don't yell at them. I encourage them. Understand that these kids today are different, and you can't – a taskmaster doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. You have to sell them on the product. You almost have to be a salesman. Um, you have. They have to believe that you believe in them. And they don't like to be scolded. They don't. They. They. It's really amazing because I have four assistant coaches, three, and we all talk about this. And the, the guys that coach with me are half, not quite half my age, but close to it. And and even they say, you know, these kids can't take criticism. So, um, it's all in the uh, delivery, Joe. But the biggest biggest thing I do is I hate giving up possession of the puck. Uh, I would rather. As Herbie would say, you regroup. More goals are scored on counters than on initial rushes. Mm-hmm. More goals are scored on broken plays than initial rushes. And you have to be able to take advantage of, of what comes your way. The biggest thing is I don't want the puck. I don't want my defenseman throwing the puck up off the glass and breakouts. No, I'm not saying there isn't a time to do that. And I don't want my forwards or anybody dumping the puck in. There is a time to do that, but I just, you cannot develop creativity. You cannot develop offensive skills without having the opportunity to try 
and learn. Mm-hmm. And there's, that's the one thing Herbie did. He said, I'm not going to yell at you for trying to be creative and trying offensive moves, but don't do it in a defensive zone. Leave the creativity to red line and in. Mm-hmm. And he didn't yell at us. He encouraged us. It opened the door. It was awesome. And so that's the message I give my players. I, you know, we had a practice the other day, and we're doing a regroup drill, and one of my younger guys said uh, he got stuck on the boards. And he, he said, Coach, do you want me to just stay, stay here? And I said, no. He said, well, where should I go? I said, go to open ice. I'm not going to handcuff you. Go find something. I said, it's like soccer. They don't kick the ball to where you are. They kick it to where you're supposed to go. It, it took him a, a second to actually figure it out. Mm-hmm. These kids are so regimented sometimes, it's unbelievable. They have to open up their, their floodgates of creativity, and, and it's, they, I think they're challenged sometimes. With all, these, with all these clinics where you have skill development and all that crap, there's nobody that teaches anybody about creativity, and they don't teach them about being a good teammate. That, those are things that have been left behind. Mm-hmm. How do you deal with parents? Uh, you having some great street creds with your career, um, and you can see the parents that have a lot of money invested in their kids. Do you find that, um, do they leave you alone because of who you are, or do you see it elsewhere that parents just need to dial it back and not bring a notebook to practice? Well, they don't come to our practice, but um, I, knock on wood, I have not had an issue with a parent this year regarding any topics of ice time or anything else. My door is open. Uh, they can come and look nephew, at the gold medal anytime, right? Well, but I, I, I don't, I don't do it that. Way. I just, I, my door is open. Uh, anytime a player, I've talked to a lot of the players. Players come in all the time and ask me, you know, talk about how they can play better or things. My biggest message, and this is before the year started, my biggest message was this. You're at a school, Blake, you have an opportunity to take advantage of the academics. That trumps anything you will ever do on the ice. And if there's slippage in the academic side, then we will deal with the ice time. And don't forget that the school is the most important thing, and that is why you are at Blake. You're not at Blake to play hockey. And... Um, I don't have any idea if that resonated with, with the kids. I'm sure it resonated with some of the parents, but there are parents who feel that their kid is the best athlete in the five-state area and that they should be getting all the ice time in the world. I haven't had those conversations with any of those parents yet. That's fantastic. I bet your dad never went to a practice. <clears throat> <laughs> like I said, he was so ticked off that I had to – pay money for extra gear he had to go pay money for shoulder pads he was so mad he could oh god he was mad (laughs) (laughs) thank you for what you've Uh, done thank you for being part of that it was a wonderful wonderful experience i'm i sure am glad i got to see it man that was fantastic we we enjoy sharing it night anytime my friend all right i'll be in touch thank you sir when you run into buzzy tell him rookie said hi i will for sure all right thanks rob thank you all right thank you Play his goal one more time for me. I knew, I knew you were going to ask for Play that. Play his goal one his more head? time through the five hole. Christian there with him. Wells, who has lost his helmet, starts to skate out of his own end. Up ahead to Eric Strobel. Strobel then loses at center ice to Makikolo. Taken away there by Baker. Baker in over the blue line. Shot in around the boards, back of the net. Sarnan losing it there. Johnson with it. Comes back to Christian at the point. Davey. 
Getting out in front. Backhands it. Swept aside in front. Johnson. To McClanahan. He scores! There's the replay. That's fantastic. That's just fantastic. Uh, so what are you going to do for the rest of the podcast? <laughs> I, what I heard from him describing how he's handling the Blake team, uh, I heard a guy who uh, really learned a lot from Herbie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Really learned a lot through that whole Olympic experience. You know how many games they played leading up to the Olympics? 64. 64 games. 64 wow. games. Wow. At what point did you start covering them? Playing, uh, any time they would have played here, and then picked him up at Lake Placid. Okay, but they only played of the sixty-four, what they called home games, eight home games. I Jeez. think I know the answer to this, but one of the things I'd have been curious about, would, and you were there, had they not gotten their rear ends handed to them by Russia, would they have beaten them the second time? I would look at it from a different angle. Okay, I think Russia was too overly confident and too satisfied. Ooh. We had this this was nothing. We got these guys ten to three two weeks ago. This is a speed well, bump. This is nothing yeah. here. As bicycling has taken the country by storm, I hope you can get up to EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 in downtown Forest Lake. EcoFun is the home of the Bintelli e-bike, the great electric assist bike with five different levels of assist, so it really looks like you're a racer flying along there, but you're getting a little help from the electric assist. It's fantastic. They also have a great line of scooters that get about 75 miles to the gallon and turn every errand into an adventure. Great stuff for kids, great recreational stuff for kids. Hell Helmets, uh, apparel, uh, and a really interesting service operation. If you need some work, Tim sends a truck through town once a day, picks up what you need servicing, takes it back to his shop in Forest Lake, services it, and returns it to you for a nominal fee. It's a really, really great service department. This is EcoFun Motorsports on Highway 61 because, of course, garage logicians own Highway 61, and we're proud to have EcoFun as part of our string of champions up and down that great thoroughfare. EcoFun Motorsports in downtown Forest Lake. If you're looking for a place to stop and grab a bite to eat with the family by yourself, maybe you're looking for a happy hour, check out our friends at 30 Bales Restaurant in downtown Hopkins. That's right. Happy hours back, 3 to 6 p.m., Tuesday through Friday. Don't forget about brunch. Brunch is always in season. Saturday, 11 to 9.30, Sunday from 12 to 7. You know what? Take out the family. Treat yourself. They are a scratch Midwest kitchen right in the heart of downtown Hopkins. Todd and Tom are the longtime owners, and they are huge fans of Garage Logic and wanted me to personally thank each and every single one of you GLers that stopped out. I was there the other day with the boys. I had the Juicy Lucette Burger, and let me tell you right now, it might be the greatest burger I've ever had. That's how good the menu is. Check it out online right now, 30bales.com. And again, that happy hour, a number of select $5 items. But please, when you stop in, make sure that you let them know that you heard about it on the Garage Logic podcast. And we'd love it if you could support our friends at 30 Bales in downtown Hopkins. Hey, bikers, don't you just hate it when this happens? That's right. He's not kidding. It's probably happened to someone you know while riding on the highway. 
and it's ugly. The smell, the uncomfortable moisture, but we can change all of that. Gumption County Motors has a million-dollar idea that we actually acted on. It's called the Poop Protector. The Poop Protector can keep you and your loved ones safe while riding. The concept is simple. A lightweight plastic strip is placed over your entire body. Don't worry, no flexibility is lost, so safety is not a concern. The plastic strip protects you from getting hit with, well, you know, not only that, but also the embarrassment and mocking that goes along with it. Hey, you look great, Ed. Hey, nice going. Do you want a diaper for your face? Let's face it. You need to keep your ears clean while riding to hear oncoming traffic and the others you are riding with. As I said earlier, but it seems to me that you must have in your ears. Gumption County Motors Poop Protector. Available at NAC Hardware and other fine hardware stores. Free dry cleaning home pack with every purchase if you tell them the mayor sent you. Good luck. The 2020 Patriot Ride, it's back for at least one more ride, but it's going to look a lot different this year. Instead of just canceling the ride due to rider demand, everybody said, no, 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 we're going to ride. We're going to ride no matter what. This year, you build the team, or I should say we build the team, we pick the route, and then we ride. This could be the most epic Patriot Ride ever. Click on PatriotRide.org for more information. It's been around since 2006, and it's always been about thanking the veterans, recognizing servicemen and women, and, of course, honoring fallen soldiers. And this is why the event has meant so much to so many. Throughout the years, countless people have helped bring the community together and show their true patriotism. Patriotism, I can say it. The GL Podcast, they want to thank all the organizers, volunteers, riders, supporters, every single person that has supported the the event year after year. And now it's our turn to show them what we've learned. Let's do it. Let's organize our own teams and routes, and let's get out there and ride. The dollars raised by the Patriot Ride, it benefits the Minnesota Patriot Guard, Minnesota's Military Appreciation Fund, and the Minnesota Chapter of Tribute to the Troops. That website again, head to PatriotRide.org for details and to register yourself, a team, or just donate. That's PatriotRide.org. All right, GLS, I'm going to take you out for one last segment. I'm just going to let Suchi Boy go ahead and introduce this one. It is from the original Best of Garage Logic, and it was 1997. <laughs> Here, hands down, might be the best call that ever came into Garage Logic. Man builds woman, homemade, custom made breast pump. Have the old man build you one like this woman's husband did. Jan? Yeah. Hi. Hi. What's up? Well, I, I disagree with you. I don't think uh, other people need to pay for a breast pump when you can have your own husband go out and build you one like mine did. <laughs> what did he do? Oh, I don't know. He, he got a little pump from Axeman. <laughs> it's variable speed. Yeah. And um, actually he made it with our first child, had a little trouble. It kept speeding up too fast. But then he made some adjustments, now with the second one. And he spray painted it nice and shiny, kind of big. What do you mean it speeded up? Well, I mean, I mean the, the the little pump kept kept going faster and faster. So. Well, did what's your husband's name? Dan. Did you yell, Dan? I did kind of. <laughs> it kept getting faster and faster. Well, could you remove the? Yeah. Yeah. I could turn it down. Oh, thank goodness. And uh, but then what's good about it too is, in between the kids now, he's been able to use it to bleed the pump, the brakes. <laughs> 
And see, I was thinking, you know, you could give me the number of this lady and maybe he could provide these pumps. Man, you, Dan has got to get a Citizen Award, too. Oh, he does. He's great. He went out to the... You're not lying to no, me. No, I, I could bring it and show it to you if you wanted. He went out to the garage yep. and he built you a breast pump. He did. You have got to send me... Uh, Dan's name and address, uh, because he, along with the fellow who uh, fought the city of Blaine for this outbuilding and won, uh, there's two awards today that must go out. Your husband must receive a Garage Logic uh, Citizenship Award. Well, I will. I will send that in. Yep. And and the I and the imagery of him uh, bleeding breaks uh, in between uh, children well, is worthy enough of the award. All right. Thanks, Jan. Uh-huh. Send me that information, and we'll send it to him. I will. And and put a notation in there that you're the lady who called about such and such. Okay, I will. All right. Thanks a lot. Thank you. Bye. The guy went to you know. Uh, this is the this is this brings resourcefulness to new heights. Goes to Axe Man, gets his own pump, builds the wife a breast pump, custom paints it. Probably got Dan on there. Wrote Dan on it, like, you know, maybe in graffiti or something. I'd like to think it's got the flames. <laughs> yeah. The flames or the shark, the shark jaws. <laughs> and, 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 a milker with shark jaws. Maybe he's got a little antenna on it with a with a rabbit tail flying from it. And, uh, man, is Garage Logic the greatest thing in the world or what? DKMags.com on Old Highway 8 up in New Brighton in Monticello, Pond and Gun. They offer everything we need in this age where law and order and common sense is being routed by ignorance, socialism, violence, and power-hungry adult children. The GLers, uh, we're, we're really keeping DK Mags busy right now. And, and thank goodness we have them on our side. They offer us solid facts and competitive prices on everything firearms related. But obviously now with this run on Second Amendment items, even with plenty of inventory on hand, some purchases will have to be limited at DK Mag so we all get some. And I know some of us GLers, we're the private and quiet types, but I, I want you to mention to the staff that you're a GLer because that will get duly noted and allows this relationship to continue and flourish uh, because the GLers at DKMags.com and Monticello Pond and Gun, they're, they're here to help all of us. Uh, and they want to acknowledge uh, the partnership uh, with a little bit of a wink and a nod. At all, As always, uh, you're going to get another 5% off at DK Mags if you're in law enforcement or in the military, a veteran or first responder. DKMags.com in New Brighton or Monticello Pond and Gun. A couple of wonderful shops for GLers run by GLers. Thank you, Kenny. That sounded just wonderful. And you know what? The mayor would like to chime in, and uh, then we're going to close it out. If you own a lake home or you got the old swimming hole or pond on your property, get a hold of my friends at Aquaside. Aquaside has been helping people maintain nice lake shores for 60 years. They have a complete line of lake and pond control products that take care of everything from weeds to unidentified vegetation to algae. Aquaside products are easy to use. They work right away. They're registered with both the EPA and DNR, and their products are completely safe for you, your family, and that whopper crappie you're going to catch at the end of the dock. Don't let weeds overtake your lake or pond this summer. You don't need to. 
Call Aquaside. They'll identify your weed problem and make sure your place looks great all summer long. You can call Aquaside, White Bear Lake Company, by the way, at 1-800-328-9350 or go to Aquaside.com. You have no reason to have weeds on your beach this summer. It's going to be a long, sweltering, great summer of swimming. Call Aquaside, Aquaside.com. All right, thank you, Suchi boy. Appreciate that. Uh, those words about Aquaside and how you can have that weed-free beach. Hey, also, Mike Fratelloni and Fratelloni's Ace Hardware and Garden Store is sponsoring this podcast, as well as Sioux Falls Development. Check them out at SiouxFallsDevelopment.com if you want fewer taxes and higher profits. Also, PodMN on your smartphone or PodMN.com on your computer. As you well know, I've been telling you all about that stuff. They've got all sorts of great Minnesota podcasts having to do with Garage Logic, having to do with your same interests, including the one and only Table Talk. Thanks for all the feedback on Table Talk. I'm thinking about a crusher date tomorrow. I'm not sure. Let me know what you want at rookie at garagelogic.com. A crusher day? Rookie at garagelogic.com. Tell me yay or nay. Ra.